Thank you for joining the Underground Playground podcast with your hosts, Steve and Mike. We're bringing you the voices and the personalities of the physical culture world, so listen up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we are again. This is going to be our, uh, Mike, what is this, our fourth one? This is number, number four. Number four. Yeah. Number four, four yeah. Four. We had, uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. We had Sin Martinez in uh, the last one. Yeah. Now we got, now we got uh, one of our guests today is uh, Jay Ashman from uh, Ashman Strength. And I apologize if I get anything wrong, we're going to let Jay kind of introduce himself as well. But my name is Steve Bowser. I'm with the Underground Playground Podcast. My uh, co-host is Mike Manning. Mike, go ahead and say hello and introduce yourself real quick. Hey, guys. Mike here again. I'm up in uh, Melbourne, Florida. I say up because, Steve, you're down south. And uh, what we want to do is welcome Jay Ashman onto our podcast. Uh, Jay, go ahead. Tell us where you're, you're on from. Are you in uh, Kansas City? Yeah, I'm, uh, right now I'm on uh, the eighth floor of uh, a condo high-rise in downtown Kansas City. Nice. So nice. I'm, I'm literally stopping my uh, online client updates to talk to you guys because uh, I always see a favor from years and years ago. I won't even ask what it is, but, you know, from back when he was a cop and whatnot. So. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> but nevertheless, yeah, I live in the middle of downtown, downtown Kansas City. I uh, work out of uh, City Gym, which is a three-block walk from where I live. So awesome. it's perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. What kind of gym is that? Uh it's actually a gym in a apartment slash condo building. So it's called City Gym. It's pretty much a uh, all-purpose type of gym. You have a few machines, like four or five power racks. It's uh, kind of a high-end functional fitness, quote-unquote, type facility. You know, awesome. So uh, we're not going to be attracting the type of people who are going to have a like, gold gym or world gym. And we're not going to be attracting the type of people who are going to have some CrossFit box either. It's kind of a nice... Uh, a nice mix of diverse people with some money to spend. Yeah. Are you uh, so are you near Mike uh, Mike Rutherford? Yeah, you actually, when I first moved when I first moved here, I actually uh, messaged him and sought him out to meet him because I followed his stuff. I don't know, we all did. You know, yeah. Max Effort Blocks Box was something that we yeah. all pretty much knew for years ago, and I have always liked his style, so uh, I wanted to meet him and. Uh, you know, when we sat down for coffee at Starbucks, he was like, well, why'd you want to meet me anyway? I said, well, I just want to actually meet the man behind the box and say thank you. Right. Yeah. You know, for all the information. Because uh, he put out a lot of yeah. information that really helped, you know, people like me learn strength training involved with CrossFit back in the day. Yeah. And he was a good coach. I mean, and my wife actually is really good friends with him. And she always talked very highly about his coaching and his business acumen. I mean, she said business-wise, he's incredibly smart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, uh, he's, he's definitely locked down. Uh, yeah, I, I remember getting that DVD in the mail, you know, the uh, yep. Max Effort Black Box. It influenced my programming a lot. And I, I've met him and hung out with him and, I'm, you know, friends with him. Uh, I talk to him every once in a while. But that's cool that you're right near him in Kansas City. Hey, yeah, it's kind of cool because he actually, I think he's like almost, what, 50-some years old. He looks great. I was yeah. actually kind of surprised. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, hey, he's still he, he, he does weight. He weight lifts. He does, he puts up some good numbers from what I've seen. But, hey, Mike, maybe you'd be able to answer this. Am I right by saying that, like, he's one of the first programmers that I've seen that was the kind of guy that would put, like, a part A, a lift in there, and then a part B, like some conditioning. Um, am I right by saying that? Because I kind of remember looking yeah. at his I was like, wow, that stuff is awesome. And it seems like that was kind of like the next level of where, you know, like CrossFit would just put the workout of the day, and that was the workout of the day, whether you're doing, you know, uh, a, a singlet, a triplet, or a couplet, or whatever. And then, you know, obviously weightlifting, gymnastics, or, uh, um, you know, Met Metcon. Uh, he seemed to kind of yeah. mix up where every day was weights, and then afterwards you would do your, your so-called Metcon. I mean – Am I right by saying he was one of the first to really pioneer that that type of program? Well, I, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. He, he's, not, I mean, that stuff's been going on forever, but he was the first one in the uh, in the CrossFit world that put it out there, as far as I yeah. can tell. He used a lot of dumbbells. He, you know, he was like the dumbbell king. Now, you know, John Gilson got into that, but yeah. So, so yeah, so uh, Rutt did that, and he's a weightlifter and stuff too. Uh, so, you know, he's putting up good master's numbers for sure. 
Yo, yeah. Jay, what, what I want, what, I guess we want to start, right? Are, are you doing, are you, you're training clients out of city gym then in Kansas City, right? Yes. Well, so, like that. You do mostly remote clients, Jay, or through through Rashman's Yeah, the bulk, the, the, bulk of, the bulk of my business is actually remote. I yes. kind of set it up that way, you know, because uh, I used to work in a gym like 12, 13 hours a day. And uh, that was a lot of work. I mean, as you guys probably know, yeah. Firsthand. And uh, it kind of takes away a lot of uh, the quality of life. I mean, yeah. So I got into online training kind of, kind of young in the online training boom. It kind of built up. You know, I have a pretty many. I actually just recently hired another coach to work with me as a nutritionist. So I'm able to focus solely on training. Yeah. And allow her to grow the nutrition end of it because, as we all know, nutrition. It's a big thing. I mean, oh, oh yeah. Will, oh my god. I mean, training is training is great, but nutrition. If you do that right, you can do very very well with it. Yeah, yeah, and that more so, more importantly, if you're not doing it, if you're not doing it, you know, you're not doing your your job. I, that's it's, what I think. it's it's like building a fucking skyscraper on top of a pile of mud. If you don't have your exactly, of I mean, look at a company. Look at a company like Ransom Periodization. They they essentially were a nutrition company originally. Originally, yes. you know, my really my really good friend who's uh, who will be in Kansas City next week for my wedding party. He uh, owns Stronger You, and I remember when Stronger oh, yeah. You started off started off with him and doing one client. And we talk about the other day in the phone, like memory to stuff. And it started off with one one person. Now he has coaches. He has four or five coaches who have quit their jobs. I mean, he has Anthony Bainbridge. I mean, you guys know Anthony Bainbridge from back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anthony Bainbridge. Anthony Bainbridge is one of his coaches right now. So he hired Anthony Bainbridge to be a nutrition coach. Yeah. And Anthony Bainbridge is killing it. And he's, I mean, his his private group of clients is like six thousand people. Jesus. And he actually he quit his job. He's doing this full time. He has thirty employees. Wow. You know, stuff like that. So think about it. this is all from just telling people how to eat. So right. it's impressive. And the best part about it is, though, he has a service that's second to none. So I'm good at service, you know, because that's why I get busy. Yeah. So you, have to, you have to understand that line between success and service is a very, very a tread together. Right. You know, right. So that's why I want to get more nutrition out of it because I'm like the, the pie is so big. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the uh, – yeah, I think that's the um, – I mean, everybody talks about it, but to actually be able to deliver it as a service – to individual clients is, um, it, I, you know, that's where we're going. I mean, you could talk about, argue all day long about, you know, lift, higher lift, rep Olympic lifts, or, you know, you, sh you should be doing unilateral work or whatever, but if you're not dialing in nutrition for people, you know, yeah. you're just not going to make it. I think that's the new frontier. Yet. You're running on ice. I mean, let's face it, most, cause most, most training programs are going to work. I mean, my system works, my free one works, West Side Barbell fucking works, everything works. I mean, yeah, it's just like, if you have a basic per if you, yeah. If you have a basic person who's looking to get strong and in shape and look good naked, I mean, it's all about not a program about the coaching. And that's where nutrition really needs the coaching because if you don't, because everybody's biochemistry is different in a way where not everything going to work for that person. So one person might do really well with high carbs, one person might do not might not do so well with hard carbs. Yeah. So that's why you have that's right. why nutrition coaching is so valuable. Hey Jay, you're listening to that client. Let me stop you right there because that's a really, really yeah. good point. How do you find out, like with your clients, like if somebody comes to you, how do you find out what works for them? Do you just kind of do like, you kind of tweak everything until you kind of see the scale changing? I mean, walk me through that real quick. Well, a lot of it's going to be trial and error because there's absolutely no way to know it's going to work for them until you actually do it. So it's more or less like giving them the initial – Given the initial plan, and they can the feedback's got to be there, the communication got to be there. So, how do they feel? How do their joints feel? You know, how are they looking? It's, with training, it takes a little bit longer, you know, because if you don't you don't have that kind of result in like a couple of weeks where you can tell right away or something's working, like nutrition. Yeah. You know, nutrition is a little bit fast. Nutrition can be a little faster. So, if the scale is trending upwards too fast, okay, well, I gave you too much to eat. Let's lower it. You know, if your energy sucks, well, let's look at why your energy sucks. Is it because you have not enough calories? Is it because there's too many carbs and it's dragging you down? What is it? You know, so yeah. you kind of have to, how do you tweak it is you pretty much with trial and error because everything is going to be a guessing game at first. Sure. I mean, essentially, I mean, it's not, as scientific as we want to get, it's all a guessing game. It's like, all right, well, we, we know what usually works. 
let's try this first. And then if it doesn't work, let's go where else, where else might work. Yeah. So you, you know, believe in so you, are, you believe in several yeah. different methodologies of nutrition, whether it's keto, whether it's high carb, low carb, paleo, uh, macros. I believe, I believe, I believe in what works. I don't give a shit what it is. If you first like keto and it works for them, dude, we'll do keto. If you yeah. like paleo and it works for you, we'll do paleo. If you like eating, if you're a fucking vegan and it works for you, must do vegan. Yeah, right. Excellent. You know, doesn't, I, my my only my only dogma is what works. That's it. Yeah. Have you read Wired is, to Eat yet? From Rob Wolf? What's that? Have I, have I read Wired to Eat yet? No, I haven't read it yet. Yeah, good book. I, I got yeah, it. I've heard, I've, heard, I've, heard good thing, I've heard good things about it. You know, it's, uh, I have to check it out. I mean, I'm more or less, uh, I haven't had time to read too many nutrition books, too many books lately. I've been so damn busy. Yeah. But I've heard good things about it. That's why I get audio books, yeah, he, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, but so Rob, in his book, he's got a, he's, you know, he's got his four pillars, you know, uh, obviously nutrition, sleep, um, physical training, and then, you know, the social aspect. He's got like that 30-day reset thing in there. And so like you yeah. kind of get people started. But, you know, even Rob, who's a wealth of information, you know, he, he's the first one to tell you it's individual for everybody, right? So yeah. I like where you're going with that, Jay. Well, it yeah. has to be. I mean, that's why people get people kind of uh, get off the deep end and their science-based dogma when they start going like anti-keto tirades. And it's like we get it. Yeah. You know, keto isn't the most efficient diet in the world for an athlete. It's not exactly that easy to follow long term. You know, you have to minimize carbs long term. That's kind of hard to do for a lot yeah, of people. Right. But some people really do enjoy that. And I know people have done keto for about four or five years and love it. So you have to take that consideration. It's like, what is my, you're serving the client. You're not serving you. You're serving them. So what do you want to give them that's going to make them have the compliance and the results long term? And if they want to do something like that, by all means. And that's one thing I give Rob credit for is that over the years, he has get away from like a strict paleo stance, the more open. And I think a lot of us do that because, you know, we get older and we get more mature and our brains open up. Yeah, you know, when yeah. we're younger, when we're younger, we're idiots. Yep. Yeah. Too much sure testosterone. Too much testosterone. Yeah. Well, I, I was oh, speaking of idiots. Yeah. Um, but what do you think? Uh, you know, so that's that's a problem. You know, so we're pretty much saying that if you're if you're coaching people, you need to be focusing on nutrition. And then we have a lot of folks that are just coming into you know they're opening gyms after a two day. Um, seminar or certification and they're training people and they're taking their money so if, if you're somebody new starting out in this game what do you think where do you think you ought to spend your time and money oh shit we need to uh start off a game but spend your time and money is actually well because training the training part of it is actually kind of easy but i would definitely work on hiring a business mentor because opening up a opening up a gym is a different type of business entirely i mean it's not like opening up a uh, you know car repair shop or opening up a bookstore or something like that. It's a different type of business. You have to get involved with the business side of it a little bit tighter because you're not going to make money right away, and it's hard. And then I will work yeah. on learning how to change people's mindsets because you can – that's number two, like getting people to buy into the psychology of change. It's like you know how, how can they overcome a bad week of eating? You know, how can you convince them to buy into what you're selling? How can you encourage them to keep moving forward when they want to give up? And then number number three, learn how to program workouts without killing somebody. You right. know, learn base, learn the base of strength training. Learn what accessory movements are. Learn how to program metabolic conditioning workouts that aren't going to be puddles of shit. You know, you don't have to fuck somebody up to get results. I mean, I haven't had a client of mine pu- puke in years. Yeah. And they well, get yeah. results. I mean, good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you don't need you don't need to get make people. I mean, having throwing up isn't a badge of honor. It's like saying that your body's telling you something's wrong. That used to be, you know, used to be old school wise. Yeah, man. well, thing you know. <laughs> I think we, got, yeah, I think we all did that. I mean, I I puked during workouts, and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, I look back and I'm like, well, that was kind of stupid. Yeah, right. I think the prowler, no, but yes, the prowler is what always made me puke. I, I used to get the prowler flu once in a while, but I think a lot of it had to do with just sucking down too much water when it's so hot down here in South Florida, you know, and then all of a sudden I start freaking feeling like I'm going to throw up, you know. Yeah, the, prowler, the prowler definitely catches up to you pretty quick. I mean, that's one of the exercises that 
I've seen some really incredibly fit people throw it from that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it just it sneaks up on you real fast. I mean, it's done that to me several yeah. times. You're like, oh, I feel pretty good. I feel great. Next thing you know, you're hanging over a trash can. <laughs> well, know, that's what that Rip Ripito convinced me back in the day. He's like, get those prowlers, you know. So I got on Elite FTS. I ordered two prowlers. You know, the thing got delivered. I uh, I put it out in the parking lot at the gym at like noontime in Florida in the middle of August. And uh, I did, you know, I did down and back like, you know, 25 meters down, 25 meters back, minute rest. But and I was like, this is this is bullshit. This is easy, right? The third round, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Something's happening here. And then I did one more, and I, and I couldn't – laying down hurt, standing up hurt. Right? I was like, what the fuck just happened to me? And that was with no weight on it, right? So, the, yeah, we, you know what we do awesome. now is we use, um, you know, the plyo boxes. I have uh, 30 yards of turf in the gym, and uh, I don't want to fuck up my turf with those – my prowlers that I use outside. So we push the plyo boxes on it, man. And holy crap, people, same thing, man. They're, they're just like, thir- by the third round, they're like, I, they want to quit, you know? Yeah. So, so, rough. so real quick, Jay, uh, I just want to back up a little bit. Like, the first, I first met you through social media. Um, I know you lived in New York uh, at the time. That's where you're, uh, you were from when I, when, you know, I, I'm from New Jersey, but I live down here in South Florida. Um, now, but we kind of just kind of got to be friendly on Facebook. And then uh, I remember you moved out to Ohio to uh, run a gym out there. And then from there, you ended up where you're at now. So uh, now I know at one time you were like kind of into the CrossFit thing for a little bit. You kind of bought into it. Um, Just kind of take us through that little, you know, how that happened, like that timeline, like, I know you came from a competition background. You're an athlete. You actually wrote a book called uh, – what's the book called again, Jay? Ask, ask. Uh, well, it's just, just the Ask Me System. It's basically my, uh, my template I yeah. described. Yeah. I, you actually sent me a copy, and it was actually – it was really cool. I, I love the, uh, the, comp, the barbell complexes in there. If you want to get big traps, man, you want to follow your uh, training template because you're going to get big traps. But um, then uh, just, just kind of take us through the timeline, like – where your background in sports, kind of training, then when you were in CrossFit, why you left the CrossFit methodology and, and where you're at now. Oh, Christ. Well, uh, I guess I uh, keep it kind of a quick and dirty. Yeah. Just I uh, competed, in strong, competed, yeah. competed in Strongman for a while back when Strongman wasn't popular. Uh, like literally the first event I ever did, I couldn't even train the events. So it was pretty much just going into contests and doing everything, just kind of guessing. Uh because there was no, no gyms had tires, stones, logs, kegs, nothing like that. So it was just back in the late 90s. And then I competed in that. And the only gym that I ever had a chance to train at that had a strongman implement was in Long Island. It was my old gym, World Gym in West Babylon. And uh, that was kind of cool. But then I competed in that for a little bit, got involved in CrossFit because I was also playing rugby. And sure. I, was looking for a way to get, I was looking for a way to get in shape for rugby without actually running because I fucking hate running. But so, but unfortunately, you have to run. So I was trying to find a way to make minimize the running. So I kind of came. I kind of found CrossFit by accident, and then I started doing stuff like power cleans and push-ups, power cleans and burpees, you know, thrusters and burpees. I kind of make up my own workouts as I go. I never actually followed main site. I just kind of looked at it and said, "Oh, what can I do here?" And then uh, I kind of started getting more and more involved in that because you kind of start kicking your own ass in workouts, and it gets addicting. Yeah. You know, people that, that endorphin rushes, it did things. So I, I was going to open up my own affiliate. And back in, back in the day, 2007 or something, I think it was. Yeah. You know, yeah. I finally was getting kind of pretty, pretty, pretty into it. And I was still trained. I was always training people all the time. I was still doing strongman. I was playing rugby. And, uh, you know, I, I said, apply for my affiliate. They welcomed me in. Then the black box, then the black box scandal happened. And I was like, I don't want to be a part of this shit. I'm like, those are people like assholes. I'm out. I don't, I don't want to do this. So I yeah. said, you know, thank you, but no thanks. Yeah. So, and then, uh, like I said, I played Super League Rugby for a couple of years at Old Blue in New York City, which at the time Super League existed was like the top level of rugby in America. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely, that was pretty awesome. And then I had the opportunity to work with and be in charge of uh, 
the sports training department of a gym in Ohio, which I won't name a gym because he's a fucking scumbag. <laughs> so I won't, I won't give I won't give him any credit whatsoever. It's okay. Or anything. This is your. This, this is this is raw space. and uncut, bro. This is raw and uncut. You do it. This is your safe so, space. So it's like I, I don't want to sit there and say all oh, this is that gym because he still exists. Yeah. From what I understand, but his gym is closed down because after I finally walked away from that gym, you know he he closed down shop. Oh, he's man. a very. I mean, what I understand, he's changed a lot as a person now. Yeah, I mean, I give him credit for that. He's actually probably a better person now than he was then. Yeah, I just can't forgive him. I just can't look. I can't look past it to say you had a fantastic facility that was world class. Yeah, I mean, we had we had amazing lifters there. We had some of the best strongmen in the area. We were hosting elite level strongman events, six thousand square feet of strength and performance paradise. Really, that his ego. His, yeah, oh, you have no idea. This place is great. And his ego, it was in a, a location that was amazing. It was in Menor, Ohio. Now, Menor, Ohio is one of the most populated, one of the biggest high school in Ohio. Wow. So we were, we were like right smack dab in the middle of a traffic central. There was car traffic everywhere. Really? So his ego, yes, his ego destroyed the gym. That's Plain and simple, his ego and ineptitude destroyed the gym. Because he could not just put his ego aside and run a business for the sake of running. It was all about him. Really? So it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a toxic place to be. So I walked away. He eventually went out of business because he apparently was doing some shady stuff. Yeah. You know, oh, boy. Like, like running, apparently selling steroids through the gym, stuff like that, what I heard. Oh, man. People do you that know, shit? <laughs> <of> <laughs> yeah. No, that, that never happens. That's but, like the 80s, but, man. That's like the 80s. <laughs> so uh, so uh, then I, when I, when I finally uh, – you know, I moved to Oklahoma City down there, and a friend of mine who actually was from Cleveland, he opened up a gym in Oklahoma City called Brewhouse Barbell, and he wanted me to run the gym for him, just like be there, be the head trainer, be a day-to-day guy, and uh, he was a great dude. He's running a great gym, and uh, I love that place to this day. I think Brewhouse is a, an amazing gym, you know, and if it wasn't for, you know, meeting Sarah, my wife, and actually starting a date, and I would still be there. Okay. Okay. I love that place that much. Yeah. But then the commute, well, we live like four and a half hours apart between Kansas City and Oklahoma City. Okay. So, and being at the bulk of my business is online, and I can like, well, let's just uh, move in together, and then we got married. So <laughs> I found a great, I found, I found I, yeah, I found a great gym up here after doing my research, found a great gym, the city gym, and uh, the owner, Haley, you know, welcome me with open arms and they're incredibly supportive of my business and how we run things. I mean, they're, as far as like, it's not, it's like a, it's a mom and pop type of commercial gym. They treat their people with like incredibly well. Yeah. I mean, our trainers there are like 30, 30 years old and up. Most of them, almost all of them. Okay. They all do it full time. A couple of them do it part time, but I haven't seen one bad trainer yet in that gym. Sure. They all are, they all do smart programming. They, they focus on strength. They focus on movement quality, and she does a great job of filtering out bullshit. Like, I, my interview process was like four people. It was like a four-part process. It was talking about your – they ask you to train somebody. They talk to you. They get to know you. They make sure you fit the culture of the gym. Yeah. But the culture of the gym is very inclusive. Like, she's uh, – you know, Haley and her wife are lesbians, obviously, and they have a very, very inclusive culture of that community. So they want to make sure that you fit that community's culture in a way where you're not going to distract and make it an issue. And they're, they're very like walk the walk type of people, what they believe in, what they do. So uh, everybody that that works there is awesome. I mean, really, I mean, I'm impressed for a commercial gym, seeing everybody that trained there. I mean, there's no fucking drama. There's no like, there's no client poaching. There's no bullshit. It's like, wow, this is refreshing. Is, uh, so do they do, uh, do people go in there like just do their own thing? It's a, so it's a training gym then, right? Like uh, you know. Well, yeah, but it, it's, it's, it's or... a it's a public gym. It's a public gym, but it's right. also training. I mean, they do their own thing, but we also have uh, you know they help you out when people want to sign up for training. They fill out a form, and then even though we're independent contractors, they still match you up with a trainer. Like they'll say, well, this person might fit so and so. Let's send them this information and see if they can make a match. Yeah. Like and they'll do the same thing with me. Like they'll say, oh, this person might fit Jay. Hey, Jay, this is such and such. Give him a call. I'll talk to him. He wants to have a trainer. I think you're a good match. Awesome. Yeah. So, well, that's, uh, yeah, that's, it's pretty cool. that's going like in the, you know, in the CrossFit world, there's a, you know, the gurus are, 
basically telling people, you know, CrossFit gym owners, you know, we've known this for a while, is, you know, CrossFit used to, uh, gym owner used to sell their gym as, hey, it's it's personal training in a group, right? And we kind of laughed at that. And now everything's moving towards where, you know, each client should get some kind of personalized and individual coaching and training or whatever. And a lot of, as opposed to just jumping right into a group class. And, you know, it's good to see that, you know, there, that a, a regular commercial gym is taking that approach. And then a lot of the CrossFit gyms are heading in that direction too. What advice do you have, Jay? For as being a, a trainer in a gym, what do you have advice for owners on how to get their, you know, how to get their coaches and, and clients wrap their heads around this, you know, one-on-one -on -one private training type of situation that's helpful for everybody? I think. What do you think? Well, that's pretty pretty much. Yeah, I think you have to just sort of understand the importance of communication. Like when I went back to before about service, is uh, if you don't have the same level of service, you can't coach somebody effectively in like a, a 10 person group format because you can't spend all your time with one person. It's impossible. So right. ideally you want to try to push them one-on-one, -on -one, not so much for the money aspect because you will make more money in group training. Right. right. You train six people, you train six people at a time and you charge them all like half the price of a session. You're still making more money and you're doing less work. Right. And it's actually easier for you because you don't have to sit there and talk with somebody for an hour. Yeah. You know, but if you're doing, if they need, but in order for them to progress correctly, you have to emphasize, look, this isn't about making money. I mean, you want to make money, but this is really about making sure that person is safe, doing the right thing and having the progress because if Longevity. they get good progress, Longevity. yes, not just that, if they get good progress and they like what you're doing and they feel like they're part of that little family, they're going to tell their friends. Yeah, right. And their friends, their friends are going to say, you know what? Yeah, this friend is pretty cool. Let's go check him out. I didn't remember. Yeah, my friend. My friend Mary goes to this guy, Jay. You know, Mary says he's awesome. Let me give him a call. Maybe he can help me out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, stuff like right that. On. It's right on point, bro. I mean, you know, I've taken all the OPEC certifications with uh, James Fitzgerald. And I'll tell you what, man. Yeah. One, one of the certifications I took that I would never have taken, but it was a bundle I bought, was life coaching. Okay? And it was totally different than what I thought it would be. You know, and it made so much sense. And, you know, James actually – tries to get people to take life coaching as their first course because once you take life coaching and then program design and then ass assessment program design, uh, you know, the business part of it and all that, you start to realize that, you know, you need to develop a relationship with these people. You need to know what the fuck is going on in their home life, not just when they walk in that gym for an hour, an hour and a half, because it's not just physical, man. It's a lot of mental when it comes to training people, you, you know, if they got a lot of stress at work or if they got a, a family that they got to support or, you know, they really rely on that. And the, and the, on the back end of it, if you develop a good relationship with somebody and not only if they're getting results physically from you training them, but if they feel great because they know they can go there, they're going to have somebody to talk to, um, you know, almost like a psychiatrist type of thing that really put it simple, you know, it's harder. The easiest saying to put is it's easy to quit a gym, but it's hard to break up a relationship. So if you start building a relationship with these people, you're going to see your business boom. You're going to see your private client list just take off because just like Jay said, you know, they're going to be telling their friends, Hey man, you know, this guy, Mike, man, he's awesome. He just really wants to know everything I'm doing. He wants to know how I slept. He wants to know what I ate for breakfast. You know, he wants to know, you know, how's my kids doing? And that's so important, man, when it comes to this. Not just telling people, hey, you know, we're going to do uh, burpees and thrusters and this and that, you know, and even, even the strength portion part of it, you know. You got to really be dialed in and know a lot more about these people's home lives than just train them in a gym and have a, a one and a half hour or one hour session and get them the hell out. Yeah. You're not, you're not so that, turning that, tables. That, this isn't like turning tables at a restaurant, man. You have to actually right. well. Well, that's why. Because I mean, it's really, you're really 100% right. That's the way it's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. You I mean, said OPEC. I, I, I'm here, I'm, I'd like to hear from Jay because I, I was, it was weird to hear that OPEX, I, I'm not weird, but I, I didn't really know they had the life coaching thing. And so speaking of OPEX, like I was wondering what Jay, um, what seminars you've done and, you know, um, uh, you know, that kind of speak to this. How did you get into the personal training and what, what kind of things have you done like outside the standard things 
uh, you know, as far as, you know, self-education in order to help your clients? Or what would you like to well, do if, if you have if, you, if there's something out there on the horizon? That you see well, most of, I've, I've, I've got a couple certifications, obviously. Yeah, I have certifications, obviously. I mean, certifications are a dime a dozen. I mean, it doesn't really matter what the fuck you have because, yeah. you know, anybody right. anybody can take a, anybody can take a fucking test. I mean, NSCA, yeah. CPT, NS, NS, NASM, ACE. If you can read a book, take a test, you can get in the door. I, that doesn't mean shit. I know CSCS who are absolute stupid when it comes to training people. It's just the way it is. <laughs> you know, but, but it really comes, it's just because if you don't take a test and you can pass it, it doesn't mean shit about how we can coach. The same thing with people are like, oh, well, why would you hire a coach who was, for powerlifting who was an elite powerlifter? It's like, really? It's like, how many motherfuckers do we know who like play NFL football who try to coach and suck? You know, yeah, being, right. being, a, being an elite athlete doesn't make you a good coach. It doesn't do shit for coaching. But as far as what I think about what you do, certifications are great. Seminars are awesome. I've been to Fitness Summit. You know, I've, sp- I've spoken at a couple seminars with Dan John, you know, and uh, one at Dennis, Dennis University with a strength and conditioning conference. The Fitness Summit to me was awesome in Kansas City. I went to last, just this past year, I mean, uh, June or whatever it was, May. Who was there? Was and, that Dan uh, John's thing? No, yeah, the Fitness Summit was like Alan Aragon. It was like uh, Brett Contreras. Right. You know, yeah, it was, it's a pretty, it's, it's pretty cool because you get a few people talking about methods, you know, training, like Brett was all about training the ass and buying weight to get the ass nice. Yeah. You know, when you have yeah. Al, Alan who talks about macros and diet and does it in a pretty cool way, then you have a lot of people discussing lifestyle and mindset and buy-in into the programs and actually change people's habits. And that's what's cool because most of us start off overthinking the program and design and like macros and we forget like Steve just said earlier there's a human element involved in this like their life is a direct result of everything around them so if we're having a bad day at work if we're having a bad time at home their training is going to suffer their diet is going to suffer most average people ain't like me you know I, I, I say that and I'll say that in an insulting way I say that in you know being an I played sports competed at a high level you know, my, my goal was no matter what the fuck happened in my life, I was getting it done. And right. you don't get to be like six foot three, 285 pounds because you want to just be in shape. Right. You know, it's an, extre- it's an extreme thought process. And most people aren't going to be like me. And that's a good thing because that's not sustainable. Yeah. You know, and even me, I had to cut back and that. I lost a bunch of weight and get, get healthy because I had to. Not because I wanted to, because I had to. And... Most people, they, they're, they're going to they're gonna be affected by the end of their life. So it's more or less, when you go into education things, I think reading, psycho- reading psychology books, going to seminars like life coach, like OPEX life coaching seminar, I mean, yeah. that stuff is important because now you can actually find out what makes someone tick because you can even say, all right, well, I know I have the X's and O's down to a manageable degree. You know, I can competently give somebody a program and tell them how to eat and they're going to get results. But what are you going to do after like week three when they're like, I just can't stop binge eating? Yeah. You know, instead of eating a small bag of candy, I'm eating the whole bag. Yeah. You know, have you, like uh, that. Or the guys. Have you, have you been, have you, uh, I mean, you've obviously heard of it, uh, Precision Nutrition. You, you yeah, I'm, I'm doing about? it right now, actually. I'm doing it right yeah. now. I'm doing the coaching course too. I'm almost done with it. And uh, they have a they have an online thing too, um, you know, habit based yep. uh, nutrition is is basically the the thing. What do you think of? Uh, they are the, they are the so pre- they're the premier they're the premier one I think in the industry. I think resistant nutrition when it comes to uh, habit based nutrition and mindset based nutrition and like changing habits and common sense nutrition they are the best in the business. I, There's I nothing else like that. Awesome. They got a really good I mean, platform too with their with their pro coach. Have you heard of that? Yep. Yeah, I was yeah, thinking about so. doing that, but I, I already I already used Train Heroic, and being I just hired a nutritionist to come on board, that's going to be her job now. But uh, so yeah. I figured, you know, I wasn't going to pay I wasn't going to pay for two platforms. But I have a friend of mine, a friend of mine actually works for Precision Nutrition, and he's one of their coaches that coach the coaches. So we uh, were talk. He said so I, we, he showed me he showed me his program. He was actually her coach is awesome. It is good. I, I used it for a little while. It's. Uh, it, it, I think it's it's really designed for the person that wants to make a long-term sustainable change. One of the yeah. uh, beefs I had when I had people on it was that it uh, it starts too slow. You know, people, I want a meal plan. Just tell me what to eat. And uh, Precision Nutrition is all about, 
you know, slowly changing habits and they don't even really get much into nutrition on the pro coach platform when you have a client on there until well into it. So I, I, that would be the, the one drawback. Otherwise it's an amazing platform. If you could get good buy-in from a client, I, I'm actually using FitBot right now. How were you, are you, have you thought about that or looked at that Jay? Which one? I'm sorry. FitBot. Oh, FitBot. Yeah, I'll look at that. They don't have a mobile app yet. That's the problem. Right. So right. I use a uh, web-based. Yeah. I use uh, I use Train Heroic. I've used that for a while. And you're happy and, with them, uh, Jay? Train Heroic is great. Yeah, they they have their limitations of certain things, but overall they're really good. Yeah. You know, if they would if they would uh, if FitBot would have a mobile app, it would probably be the best one because FitBot's platform looks very. Yeah, FitBot looks very similar to Train Heroic on the web in the, with the website. Yeah, you know, it looks very similar. Trainerize is pretty good too, but Trainerize is a little too expensive, I think, because they, you know, I have pretty many clients online, so I don't want to be spending like a couple hundred bucks a month just for a platform. Yeah. You know, Train Heroic right. is seventy-five bucks a month, seventy-five bucks a month for me, so I'm like, I can do that. You yeah, know, most of them are like per per client, and then yeah, Fitbot does that. So anything over, I think, like fifty clients for Fitbot, you have to get some kind of a, uh, you know, you got to strike a deal with them on your own. You know? Yeah, which isn't always a right. bad deal. People work out a pretty good deal, but with training role because unlimited, so I'm like, well, I'm not going to change now. There yeah. you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, guys, no, real uh, quick, uh, let me let me cut in here for a second. Uh, Jay, something I really wanted you to talk about, man, um, and you kind of you kind of touched on it a little bit just a few minutes ago. Um, you you said you were like you know you were at one point you know pretty pretty big you know like I don't know what your max weight was like was you were you as 280, 270, 260, pretty jacked. Oh, uh, my max weight, max weight was like 275. I mean, it was it was jacked, but it was also like fat jacked. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't in shape. Okay, just like a well, typical big, big chubby strong guy. Yeah, my follow up to that is I know I know you um, I know you had some health issues going on, and, and it's something that I can actually uh, talk about as also because we we kind of have <laughs> some similar things going on. So. Um, if you're okay with talking about it, can you kind of yeah, tell us what, what went down and how, what you did to kind of fix it? Cause man, lately, dude, I just, you're looking really leaned out. You're looking so much better. You, you cut a lot of weight. It looks like you, you're, you're feeling more healthy. Um, you're moving better. You're doing a different kind of training program. Now you're adding in some, some cardio. Now I, I have to laugh my ass off cause I seen you posting videos of, uh, uh, Airdyne, an aerosol bike, and you know you're like it's sweating your ass off just looking at it, posting a picture because you're not used to doing that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, no, right? Yeah, kind of break that down for us, man. Tell us what happened because you know I know you had a scare and then you had some really good things happen because you changed shit around. Can you can you kind of get into that? Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, uh, I had a back before Relentless uh, Detroit. I think it was like 2016, late. 16 it was so uh i came down with strep and flu back to back yeah. and it was a month out from the meat so it pretty much fucked my entire meat prep yeah. and uh so i lost like 15 pounds or anything like that i mean i had the meat in like three weeks away and i wasn't gonna pull out because it was all for charity so uh i decided to uh take something that was a little bit powerful a little bit quick acting yeah to try to get my strength back kind of quickly yeah. So it had a side effect that made my blood pressure blood pressure jack up to a really high amount in like 20 minutes. Yeah. So uh, yeah. went home and I was like, I feel like shit. Took my blood pressure and it was sky high. And then the next day I woke up and my left ankle was all swelled up like edema, like pretty swelled up. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So oh. uh, I went in the AFib, didn't realize it because I didn't really feel the AFib. It wasn't like I was out of breath. So I was still training, everything like that, and going through my thing. And then I started having, like, I couldn't lose weight. I couldn't train hard. You know, I would be out of breath when lifting weights. So I would even, like, do bicep curls and get out of breath. Yeah. And it was starting to get that. But stupid me, I wasn't going to the hospital. I was kind of like, what the fuck is going on? Is there something wrong? Blah, 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 blah. But I wasn't making the connection in my head for whatever reason. I think it was probably denial at that point. Yeah. So when I finally went to the hospital, you know, I walked in and, uh, and I told my symptoms and they said they obviously it was something to do because they said, if you're short of breath and stuff like that, we're going to take you right away because it's obviously your heart. So I couldn't, yeah. at that point, I couldn't even walk 20 feet without feeling like I'm going to pass out. 
Jesus, my wow. cheeks and my nose, my cheeks and my nose were turning like dark red from lack of oxygen. Yeah. You know, I couldn't feel, I couldn't feel my pulse. So, uh, so I finally went in and they took me in the back right away. My heart rate was like 199. Wow. I mean, wow. I never forget that. And they're like, you're an AFib. We got to get you in the hospital now. Yeah. So they started pumping me full of card exam, stuff like that. And then finally I went to the hospital and they did my thing. They started drugging me up with like a diuretic to help me lose water. And the doctor did all this crap, all these tests on me. And he finally came back in and he was like, well, you're in congestive heart failure. Yeah. So I was like, you're hearing that at 41 years old, you're, that's some, I'm like, that's pretty tough to hear. Yeah. So, uh, wow. so, and I had to like make a decision. I had to change my habits overnight. So I got out of the hospital and I was still obviously an AFib. They were selling me for cardio version. And I was walking around, and I started feeling worse the week after the hospital. So I finally went to the I finally went to the cardiologist a week later, and I weighed two ninety one. Jesus, because of all the water weight in me. So he gave me a pretty heavy diuretic, and I lost fifty one pounds and Holy shit! Oh, you got any more of that? Send me some of that shit. <laughs> well, actually, I, I do have some of that. I do have a lot of it left, but man, that stuff is dangerous. Yeah, I lost fifty three uh-huh. fifty three pounds of water. I lost in six days. Jesus, bro! So I went from two went from two ninety one to two thirty eight overnight, literally, and it was all from the water. So gradually, until I getting, I went for the cardio version, it didn't hold. Uh, second cardio version, it didn't hold. I finally had the ablation, and it held. And it has been, been holding ever since. Wow. So then I developed a gluten intolerance because of all the antibiotics that I take because of uh, infections and ablation yeah. and UTIs and whatnot and the catheters. So I developed a gluten intolerance more than antibiotic usage. So then I had to, in the middle of all that, I had to change my way I'm eating, like eat more vegetables, eat leaner meat, stop eating pizza, stop eating like shit. You know, I had to lower my dosage down to a TRT dose. So I actually have a doctor now monitoring my TRT and doing it the right way. Before I was doing it on my own and seeing a doctor for my blood work, and the adult, the adult doctor wasn't really checking my levels; he was checking my prostate and stuff like that, making sure my PSA yeah. was fine. So it was kind right. of like a wasn't wasn't really an ethical way to do it, but I was young and dumb and kind of feeling kind of invincible, saying, "Well, yeah. nothing can happen to me. I'm you know whatever." So now I'm at a, now I lower my doses by more than half. I'm at a regular TRT level. I'm down to like two thirty nine this morning, holding that. You know, when I get to 230 eventually, maybe 225 if I feel like I'm not going to be too small. Yeah. And I start putting back in cardio. So eventually, when I finally moved to Kansas City, I had an echo to double check to see where my heart was at. And my ejection fraction was actually better than up 65, 65% from 30%. So I fully recovered. That's awesome, dude. So awesome. The, only medication, the only medication I'm on right now is uh, lisinopril for blood pressure. And they have yep. me in a mild diuretic for blood pressure too, because diuretics work really well for blood pressure, but it's a very mild one. Yeah. But back when I came out back when I came out of the hospital without a problem, I was on seven different medications. You know, blood thinners, beta blockers, weight controllers, all that other shit. Yeah. So yeah. it was it was quite a clusterfuck of meds. That's yeah. a lot. Wow. Yeah, so it was I like know. it's basically I was forced to change my habits overnight, you know, because uh I was probably within like a month and a half, two months of being in critical condition. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't like ICU. Oh, you could yeah. actually put you yeah, for you heart were, issue. You, you, yeah, you were having heart failure, dude. That's, yeah, you know, so I was probably, I was pretty close, pretty close to like saying, you know what, you're going to die. Yeah. Uh, did you have any chest chest pain or anything with that? Or was it just your shortness no. of breath and your... Shortness well, of breath. I had noise. Well, the only AFib, thing I had was the, I, had, I had the edema and the shortness of breath. Yeah, the AFib, AFib really won't, give you chest pains for the most part, but right, and you know, people some live people, without it for a long time. Yeah. Some people don't even know they, they have it. They don't even know it's going right. on, but it's just, you know, the way I, the way I describe it, cause I'm telling you, I'm having, I'm going through it now. Not, not as bad as Jay, but um, you kind of, you got two things going on with your heart. You got the hardware and you got the software. When you're starting to do this, the, the AFib stuff, your software is screwy. Like you're just having bad electric current and it's causing right. the rate to get all screwed up. Like the top two chambers start fluttering. It's almost like a bowl of jello on the top two chambers. And you really wouldn't even notice it. And if you feel your if you feel your pulse, it literally feels like a cat purring. And even yep. though they're saying 
your heart rate is like 200 or 240 or 260, it's not the same as a regular heart rate. Okay. It's, it's like, a right. so the problem with Jay is he probably was in it for so long that it started causing some structural damage. And, uh, you know, luckily he got that fixed, but Jay, just real quick question, man, that ablation is what fixed it. That puts you back into normal rhythm and you've been good, right? Yes, it did. The ablation was, uh, for the cardio version in my case, it worked for whatever reason. I'm not sure. Well, they, they, they cardioverted you. Yeah, they cardioverted you because you were in SVT, which you were. You walked into the hospital at a heart rate of 192. Not, well, not they didn't cardiovert. They didn't. They didn't cardiovert me in the hospital the first time. They just put me in the. They just oh, put they, me in the. They just admitted. I don't understand. No, that. I, don't, I don't. I don't know why. This day, I have no idea why they did that. That is weird. I, I really don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Also, this is also Oklahoma, so not the best medical care in the world. Yeah. So. uh well, so then they, when they what, you should have, what you should have did is when you got out of the hospital, look for the first cop and like walk up to him and say, I'm going to take a pass and let him tase you. And that would have been your party. That would be great. Dude, tase me right here. He's like, I can't yeah, do that. All right. Okay. Pig. Okay, zap. Yeah. Dude, you know, we had a, we had a cat. So like you guys are talking, you know, I was a paramedic for like nine, well, not all of nine. I was EMT, a paramedic. And, um, we had a cat in the gym, man. He was just not feeling well. You know, he's pre-diabetic and stuff. It was like uh, Father's Day weekend, and his son came in. He wanted to do a workout, and his, you know, he, he was like, "Man, I can't breathe so good." And all right, dude, sit down. And then, you know, a couple minutes later, I, I go to feel his pulse. He's got no radio pulse, and I can't feel a carotid pulse. He got freaking shocked in our parking lot, cardioverted twice. He was SVT. His heart rate was like tacking out at like two hundred. Mm. Same idea. Jesus. Are you are you familiar with Michael O'Keefe, Doctor Michael O'Keefe? course yes. i am <laughs> yeah so right so you know eva t you know eva twerk and she's kind of friends with him he does a uh, a lecture on um endurance athletes right who have cardiomyopathy from years and years of endurance you know long slow distance endurance training and it's really similar to what you're talking about jay is that the heart muscle just get, it gets kind of hardened right and then the first symptom is atrial fibrillation or afib Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just progresses from there. I mean, you look at who Jim Fix, he wrote the, you know, the jogging book or whatever back in the 70s. Yeah, he died on a sidewalk in New York City. And then who's the cat? Um, he ran with the Mexican uh, or the Indian down there in the mountains. And uh, he died on a trail, too. Same thing, man. So good thing you got that caught quick, man. Good thing you're feeling. Well, see, anybody who works out, you know, whether it's weight training or running or any kind of thing, if you work out intensely – you're going to have some cardiomyopathy. I mean, I have it. They found it when I went to yeah. the hospital. I mean, you're going to have it. It's inevitable. I mean, so it was like, it becomes from the stuff I've been learning about all this shit I've been going through, I was going through, makes you realize that nothing that we do competitively or extreme is healthy. Nothing. Yes. Agreed. You know, I mean, but you can't tell people that because you're like, well, I enjoy competing in this high level of sport. And I'm like, yeah, you can still do it. Understand there's going to be, there's, a, there's definitely a side effect of this. And the side effect is you're going to shorten your life in some respects. Yes. Right. You know, you know I, I pretty much agree to the fact that I'll probably be dead before I'm 70. I mean, my mom's side lived pretty long. You know, my dad's side was like hit or miss with heart with like different things. But, uh, you know, I, I realized with the damage I did in my body, I'll probably be dead by like 69 at the latest, I would guess. Uh, you know, I if I'm wrong. But I just, I miss, like, oh, I'm know, being realistic. I mean, I hope yeah, I'm wrong. I'm, def- I'm definitely, I'm definitely trying I'm definitely working on making sure I'm, I'm wrong, but I wouldn't be shocked. Science, yeah, the way nutrition science is going now, dude, I mean, like, we're learning stuff every single day. And, uh, oh, it's amazing. You know, a, lot of, a lot of, you know, the human body is amazing, right? A lot of the damage that we do to it, we can repair it if we, if we catch it quick yep. enough, right? You know, I'm being, being, I found out that I'm actually, actually gluten intolerant and I can't eat it because my antibodies were jacked up when I would eat it. And it's not only glue, it was wheat, it was wheat also. So my wife works for a lab company that specializes in this stuff. So we, I did her blood work and her blood tests and uh, it came back like you have gluten and wheat that trigger the hell out of your antibodies. So that's inflammation for your body right there. So getting rid of that stuff is critical too because me and Rob had this discussion one time when I first went through the AFib about inflammation and heart disease and what his theories are in it. And... Like if you have some if you have some have an issue like a heart issue or a kidney issue or something like that, I think everybody who comes down, everybody who's in danger or a medical history in their family of having a heart or kidney issue, should definitely get a food intolerance test done 
to find out what Great. they can't eat and get rid of that because that, that inflammation can cause that problem to get worse. Yeah. How did you do with that? Did you just like, did you just wake up in the morning and say, fuck this? Uh, no more gluten, no more wheat, no more grain. No, I took the blood test because I was going to, I was going to do that. I mean, Steve's in the group, that pump, dump, pump group that I run with my wife, where it's like a lifting, you know, digestive health and, you know, good sex kind of thing. It's kind of fun, actually. I mean, but, uh, so what my wife works for a company called Vibrant America, where her, her job is to talk with doctors and patients about their blood work for, you know, food sensitivities and bacteria and microbiome. So I wanted to do the blood work and a bacteria test just to have it. But I had a weird suspicion there was something wrong with my diet because I wasn't digesting food properly. Yeah. You could, you could tell because I would eat and take shit like a half an hour later and it would be chunks of food in there. So something wasn't right. I'm like, well, something's not right. So I did a blood test and then they went on, on our honeymoon, quote unquote, you know, my, my last gluten meal was this big fucking pancake. It is like, at this uh, <laughs> diner type place. I mean, it was the size of a plate. It was amazing. And it had walnuts, yeah. pecans, fresh raspberries, oh, yeah. whipped cream. I ate that pancake. I was in the bathroom 10 minutes later, like dying. Yeah. So we go back in the hotel room. We go back to the resort. We stayed at like a pretty cool resort in Scottsdale. And she's like, oh, your blood work's in. Let's check it out. So she pulled it up and she's like, well, this is not good. You have to stop eating gluten and wheat. Wow, because people think gluten and wheat are the same thing, and they're not. Because you can actually no. sour, real yeah. real sourdough bread is yeah. gluten free, and it's called wheat in it. Yeah. So yeah. stuff like that. So it was like an overnight thing. Like, I can't have any more pizza. I can't have any more sour pretzels. So like, I can't drink any more craft beer. Yeah. And at first, I was like, well, fuck my life. It sucks, but I have to do this. Yeah. Right. So. Jay, then, so I just let me ask you a quick question while we're here now. Do you have it? Do you have an allergic reaction, or do you think it's an intolerance? Because I know, like a lot of these places, that if you have kind of an intolerance, you can actually build, you can actually reintroduce it slowly, and you know, like they're finding out, like these kids that are allergic to peanuts and stuff like that, like they can actually kind of try to introduce some back to kind of get them to build that. Um, you know, tolerance immunity. And, and what, in, this particular, in, this, in, this, in this particular case, I can't introduce it back because there's two different kind of antibodies. There's like IgA, yeah. there's IgG. IgG is a very broad spectrum, you know, test. Now, keep in mind, I'm talking about this from a position of not knowing that much about the testing procedure because this is not my domain. Obviously, I just know what I listen to with my wife and what I can comprehend with this. This is more or less what she does for a living. So I'm just saying, yeah, according to what she said, and the way my test came back, and the way the thing is set up with my intolerance, that I can never really eat gluten again because yeah. it'll trigger the, it'll trigger the antibodies in your body, which cause inflammation. Now you can hide the reaction to it with enzymes. Like I could sit there and say, I'm gonna have a cheat meal. I don't have a piece of pizza with gluten pizza, or whatever, where regular wheat crust pizza, but I'll just swallow a bunch of enzymes and digest the gluten yeah. properly and not shit it out like a madman. Yeah, but why but bother, right? It, why, it, you know? it, it, doesn't, it doesn't stop the reaction in your body. The antibody, right. so the inflammation in your body still happens. Yeah. So, so in order why, to properly you know do it, it's a, So there may, be some, there may be some people listening to this that really want to know what this test is. How would slowly explain or spell it out? Like, where would they go? Would they get in touch with your wife? Would they get in touch through your website? I mean, how would people find out about this test and how to take this test? Well, if you really yeah. want to know about the test, you can actually contact me for the website, ashmanstrength.com, and they can email me. I can, direct, I can forward it to my wife because what, what happened, my wife can't really – because she takes on some nutrition clients because she's a master. She has a master's in dietetics, so what she does. So she can, take, she can take on some clients, but her job is pretty demanding where she's on the phone from like 8 o'clock in the morning until 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the afternoon with doctors and patients and whatnot. Yeah. So, but, but they work through – functional medicine clinic. The fact there's a couple, it's a bunch in North Jersey. There's a whole ton they work with in Florida. They were just in Miami a few weeks ago. Yes. You know, so there's a lot of these, they work for these clinics that these like naturopath type functional medicine doctors, yeah. maybe not so much naturopaths, but more like doctors that aren't afraid to go outside the beaten path. Yeah. So they work, they work with these doctors and say, and they get the blood work done through them. And then my wife would get the lab results and then they would schedule a conference, schedule a phone call with the patient and she would go with the patient and say, look, these are your results. This is what you need to do. This is why it is. 
So, and then they would start working on like what you can eat, how we can, how we can fix this, how we can, how we can correct this. Yeah. You know, because people, you don't, you don't want to have elevated antibodies in your body floating around like that for a long period of time because it causes damage. Yeah. Right. Well, that's why like and, you, and need broken, rotate, you need to rotate meals too, because what I found out is I did a similar test to what you're talking about through a company down here called Amino, Immuno Labs. And sure, yeah. sure as shit, bro. I eat, I was eating egg, you know, eggs every morning. I was uh, coffee, um, and, and everything that I ate every day, I was showing that I had some sort of a, uh, uh, an intolerance to it. So I had to cut back, um, you know, and, and it's funny because once I did, it didn't happen overnight, but once I started cutting back on coffee and eggs, I did notice that I started feeling better, but it didn't happen overnight. And then I, you know, and another thing that's kind of debatable is I did read, I did a lot of research and I found out that sometimes those tests may show some false positives if you do yes. eat a lot of the same food. So, yes. you know, and they yes. want to retest. Agreed. Right? So, well, uh, Sarah's company is the only, Sarah's company has a patented system. It's all, it's all a microchip. What's, so, what's the name of her so company? Had, put it, called put Vibrant, it Vibrant America. Yeah, you got my interest. Uh, Vib- I'm going to actually probably, um, is that true? Blood work? Yeah, I told you. Blood work, blood work. So if someone comes to your house and they, they have labs they work with, they can bring a mobile phlebotomist to come, they can draw the blood and they, they, have, they have to put it through a centrifuge. That's one thing they have to do. They have to put it through a centrifuge to separate it. Yes. So they do that and then they mail it off and they like, but it's through a microchip. So they're able to break down the, pro, they're able to break down the protein completely. Yeah. So they can actually, because the, IG, the IgG test is very broad. You yeah. can get a lot of false positives that way. So if someone, if somebody has a leaky gut, and they're leeching off shit in their bloodstream for their gut, which yeah. basically is called intestinal permeability, and it's actually a legit symptom. Yeah. So, because people used to say, oh, leaky gut's got bullshit, it's garbage. Well, no, it's not. It actually found out it's not garbage. Yeah. So, yeah. so if, you're, if you have a leaky gut symptom, and you're leeching off stuff in your bloodstream, the IgG will show you sensitive for every fucking thing. Yeah. So, because your body has a response to it, because it's in your blood. What the IgA does, it takes, takes that symptom and says, all right, we're breaking out a protein, now we're going to find out, is it a false positive or is it a true positive? So it's almost like, it's like a hundred percent, it's like a hundred percent accurate. The accuracy rate is staggering. Do you, um, so it's, it's cool to have that. Can you, can you, can you tell us, like, do you have any idea, like ballpark figure, like how much the test would run price wise? It's like, it's like, it's like 300 bucks for a test. It ain't cheap. Okay. You know, I got, I got, I got well, discount because obviously I'm, I'm her husband, yeah. but that's, I think it's like, I think it's like, I think it's like pre- no, it's not, but most people, you know, aren't going to see people are weird with their value system. They'll sit there and spend 300 bucks when they go out to, you know, on a weekend drinking, but they won't spend 300 bucks for their health. Yeah, no, 300 bucks so, to find out that I got to like take certain things out of my diet. That's going to stop making me feel like shit every day and lethargic and, you know, come on. I mean, yeah, exactly. people don't understand the value of stuff like this. But uh, no, awesome. really no, it's time. I mean, people, people listening to your radio show here, obviously your podcast might actually find a value in that because more likely than not, people are listening to you to actually value the health and fitness, or at least I think you're, at least I don't hate you. So, I mean, that's, oh, no, I it, might, it might like it. But, but if, 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 you, if you go to an average person and say, look, you know, if you've been 350 and we can actually tell you what you can and can't eat, yeah. that'll make your health better. Go look at you and be like, I'll oh, do whatever. Fuck that. Yeah. Right. People have a weird system. People have a weird way of looking at their health. They don't invest in their health. No, you know, people just problem. do not do that. You know, and then they wait till it's too late. They wait till they're older, and like you know, like they, and then they start realizing, oh man, I got a lot of issues going on. Or they might go to their doctor, and their doctor will start giving them medication, which they don't really even need that medication because it's only treating the symptoms. It's not actually treating the problem. Believe me, man, I, I'm just about an expert at all this shit because I've been going through it. I learned a lot about, you know, it's not just about what you eat. It's about actually gut health is so important. Like you touched base on microbiome, you know, I mean, you, you got to keep all that stuff healthy or you're not going to be absorbing the food you're eating or you're going to have intolerance. Well, because, you don't even know. The, and the research in the microbiome lately, I mean, it's been staggering. I mean, for some reason in the past yeah, couple of years, the microbiome like research is blowing the fuck up. It's yeah. blowing up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, clear. like the it's microbiome to immune system, brain health, everything. Well, the gut it's is clear. the gateway to health is what they say, buddy. You know, the gut. Is yeah, the and it's funny. I, I remember when Rob, we made fun for that. Rob was always talking about food as medicine and whatnot. Yeah. And a lot, of, a lot of people were like, yeah, whatever, dude, bah, ha, ha, you know, yeah. gut health. 
because but they, people don't take it seriously enough. There was a lot of, a lot of like theory floating around about the gut and brain connection. And then when they found that link, yep. finally, it was like the whole world opened up for research. Yes. And now you see that they're actually finding out now that elite level athletes, like the ones who play and compete in a level that most of us can't comprehend, they have a specific bacteria that exists in their gut. And it's actually, it was a, there, was a, there was actually a presentation done at some chemistry conference a couple weeks ago discussing this bacteria. Now they're going to find ways. Now you're going to see something the companies out there that are going to supplement and make, make a probiotic with that bacteria in it. Yeah. So yeah. it won't make you – now they're thinking it's, it's, the, it's the old chicken and the egg symptom. It's like what came right. from chicken and the egg. So you're thinking to yourself, the bacteria, didn't, nope. the bacteria didn't make the athlete. The athlete, because of the way they're training and eating, create that bacteria and necessity probably. Yeah. Right. Or whatever. Yeah, I don't know the fact. Just like exogenous ketones, right? They'll, someone will find a, you know, yeah. someone will find a way to market it, right? Yeah. Like freaking drinkable ketones. I mean, whatever. I mean, it's like there's definitely there's definitely a clinical area for ingestible ketones, but the doses sure. that you need a lot more you're getting over the counter. Yeah. Right. And what are you doing? What are you doing on top? Are, are you just taking exogenous ketones to cover up for a shitty diet, right? So. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're piss, pissing ketone doesn't mean you're in ketosis at all. I mean, <laughs> right. I, 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 I bought the ketones to try them out. I just wanted to make oh, sure these the ones. The, uh, the shit that you what? take when you drink. The, what do you call it? Exogenous? Exogenous. Like, I mean, yeah. it, it means it's, it's, you, you in, it, your body doesn't make it. You I gotta, introduce it from. Yeah, yeah exogenous. Oh, yeah. It's garbage. It's garbage. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you know, like we taking know, like CRT is some results. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird. I think I think I think it depends on the person. Like any supplement out there, right. I mean, some. I mean, I know people who didn't react to creatine for God's sakes, and creatine's yeah. been yeah. tested and tried thousands of times. And some people I know who take it, I don't like that shit from creatine. It makes us like, wow, really? It's like the most common supplement to take, and it's very, very popular, and very, very effective. Yeah. But like yeah. I said. Supplement, supplements are an individual. So I can't really rip apart a supplement that's working for somebody. Yeah. I'm not going to be that jerk and say, oh, is this a placebo effect? Because I'm like, whatever. It might right, actually well, work. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, placebo what? effect is worth 30%, you know? And yeah. if you're talking about creatine, creatine's fucking cheap, right? And it's not harmful yeah. in any way. And if I get, even if it doesn't work for me physiologically, if 30% of my fucking placebo effect, if, you know, if I get that effect from it, well, then it's worth it. You know, so there's that. Yeah, well, it is. I mean, you're spending like a couple a couple cents a day, taking five grams right. a day, literally. And, and, you know, and, well, and not only, if it doesn't work physically, there's cognitive benefits to it, too. There's research in creatine and brain health. Yeah. There's research right. in creatine and heart. There's research in creatine and heart health. Yeah. And it's, it's staggering. It's, I think it's the most studied product in sports supplement history, I think. It is, by far, no doubt. Out of all, so Jay, you look, out, of all, out of all the supplements, out of all the vitamins, minerals, supplements, name name one thing on your top ten. Like, what is the most? Would you suggest that people take more than anything? Whether it's fish oil, whether it's creatine. I mean, what would you suggest somebody to to, to try to try to take and see if it works best for them? Well, I would just say creatine. Obviously, I think the number one. Okay. Number one thing. If you're looking for pure, if you're looking for pure sport supplements and like performance enhancing and health enhancing. I can't say anything but creatine. I mean, you could probably say stuff like vitamin D and magnesium and yeah, fish oil is debatable that, because the, yeah. the quality of fish oil is debatable over counter. The best bet to do is get the farm grade fish oil, you know, because fish oil quality is kind of sketchy. Yeah. And I just saw something recently about the top three brands have been sold that have some stuff in it. You shouldn't be saying, I mean, I forget what it is exactly. So, but you know, definitely creatine. And then if you're going to do like a, you no, know, no, I wouldn't want to worry about beta I I never really got, I know I don't, I never really got into that too much. I mean, some people swear like by it, but one of the things like some people love it. I mean, I never actually got into it too much, but some people absolutely love it. Yeah. I think if you I mean, it's got good research behind it. It's got good research behind it and it's got stuff to back it up. Yeah, you know, well, I just, uh, I just think, I just think one of the things like you people absolutely need it. No, I don't think people need creatine either, but I think creatine is. No, you definitely don't need it. Right. I think creatine benefit I mean, outside the actual gym or so so many it's not it's hard not to take it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen up, man. We're we're at an hour, so um, we're gonna we're gonna cut it off. Damn, that was quick. Yeah, I want to try to keep these podcasts to forty five minutes to an hour, to be honest with you. But uh, 
Man, a lot of great information. You're not Joe Rogan yet. You can't pull a five-hour uh, conversation off without people saying I love Joe Rogan. <laughs> Some of his podcasts are way, way too long, man. I, it's, I, I uh, use him to fall asleep now. I, yeah, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I put it on I and fall asleep. Listen, man, he's definitely my top podcast that I listen to. But, uh, yeah, a lot of, lot of good knowledge, Jay. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're very busy with your uh, remote coaching and, you know, you got your gym up there that you're uh, – your, your uh, training at, coaching at, and stuff like that. So if anybody wants to reach out to you, they can reach out to you on your website, um, for nutrition, for, for programming, coaching. I mean, I actually hired you for a little while. You were, you were programming for me because, to be honest with you, man, I needed to stop thinking because I'm, I'm programming and coaching so many people. I got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I need somebody to tell me what to do. And uh, so I, yep. I actually hired you for a little while. You, you, know, you sent me some good shit, man. I actually learned a lot from – from just a few months that you were sending me some, some training, man. I appreciated that. Um, they huh, can reach out you. to you. What is it? Uh, I'm sorry, brother. Is it ashmanstrength.com? Yep, Ashman, A-S-H-M-A-N, strength. Obviously, the word strength.com. Pretty simple. Yeah. So that's how you reach Jay. Jay's got a great uh, background uh, in nutrition and training and uh, got a lot of successful uh, – you know, there's a lot of people that actually uh, use them and, and are really happy with them and uh, hit them up on Facebook, hit them up on his uh, website and, and uh, reach out to him and, and he'll answer any of your questions, man. So we're, uh, we're going to go yeah. ahead and sign off now, man. So I'm just going to kind of tell everybody to say goodbye and uh, we're going we're gonna to end this and I'm going to probably uh, air this uh, either tonight or tomorrow, man. Great talk, man. Thank great. you for being on, man. Hey, yeah. Hey, man, thank great. you, guys. We appreciate it. We really appreciate it. It was fun. All right, Jay. Thanks again. Take care, buddy. Mikey, take care, buddy. All right. We'll see you.